Hello one and all, thank you for listening. This is episode 73 of the UFP, and I am CD, Danny Mac, bringing you Undisputed Future Podcast once again. Thank you so much for listening out there, Team NXT, and a huge episode planned this week. We have an evolution in the form of the first ever all-women's pay-per-view to talk about. We have a form of an NXT takeover happening across the independent wrestling scene. And of course, we have the impending war due to occur at NXT TakeOver War Games 2. So a very stacked episode of discussion topics. And let's jump right into some women's wrestling. I could not believe the aura and the just the presence and everything about WWE Evolution coming live from Long Island, New York. I was fortunate enough to be there in Uniondale at the Nassau Coliseum, and what an event. We had NXT UK women in the form of Dakota Kai and Rhea Ripley, and I'm not going to exactly spoil what happened there, but Rhea Ripley is due for big things in that NXT UK women's division. Very impressive heel work in that Mae Young Classic 2, Dakota Kai, always a fan favorite, Great match to kick off the evening. We saw Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane tear it up in that NXT Women's Championship match where Shayna Baszler became the first ever two-time NXT Women's Champion. So a huge milestone for the bully Baszler. Whether you like her or not, you gotta recognize game. And I certainly do. The four horsewomen of the MMA have come to WWE with championship intentions in mind. And of course, the Mae Young Classic 2 finals of Io Shirai taking on Tony Storm. Any women's match in that one, Tony Storm able to pull it off. My personal favorite, I was finally able to, to narrow down my picks of a personal favorite. If you listened to me before, you know I had quite the extensive list that included both of these ladies. So I was just proud I could witness them in the finals of this tournament. Great showing by both of those as well. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair tearing things up in the second, count it, second ever last women's standing match. I really don't appreciate the shade that has been getting thrown at Asuka versus Nikki Cross and that blood feud at Full Sail. I thought that was an incredible match, but this last women's standing match between two of arguably the best female talents WWE has, Becky and Charlotte match of the night, possibly a main roster match of the year candidate as well, and the man, Becky Lynch, able to pull it off with her relentless style. And among other things, just going to wrap this up with saying how proud I am that Ronda Rousey walked away with that Raw Women's Championship, and uh, yeah, I'm going to save my bellow criticism for another day. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about NXT, and we might as well jump straight into things for the Halloween edition of NXT, really, you can't start off a Halloween episode any better than with the one, the only, the psychotic Scott and the catalyst of the Aleister Black investigation, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, Sanity's twisted sister, taking on a two-time May Young Classic competitor in her own right, Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez, also a veteran in the pro wrestling business, constantly learning constantly shaping her crafts, and she's one I hope that if she hasn't gotten signed to a full-time NXT deal, I really, 
I'm going to be perfectly candid with you here. I haven't done enough research on who got signed full-time after the Mae Young Classic competition. I was really stoked on Deanna Parazzo and E.R. Shirai and Tony Storm getting all their contracts. Straightened away that uh, I kind of got to pay attention to other talents as well. So I'll have developing news as far as any new performance center class talents go. But let's jump into the matchup. Nikki Cross, we know her story as of late. And she's always looking for a new playmate of sorts. And you really can't find one any better. And anyone who matches her twisted form of fun than Mercedes Martinez. Will Nikki Cross be distracted by the chaos of last week? Nobody ever really knows what's going on in her mind, but that was a question I had going into this matchup. What a, just, just the unraveling of the Aleister Black investigation. It took a toll on NXT fans. I could only imagine what kind of state it left those actually involved in the investigation in. So, aggressive style of Mercedes Martinez was able to pop off at very very opportune times in this matchup. Mercedes came in fully ready to compete. Nikki Cross, always ready to play, always looking like she's game, but you gotta figure that other things are uh, traveling through that mile a minute's brain work that that Nikki Cross has got to be processing with all of this going on. Very strike-heavy, submission-heavy style, sort of a street-smart style out of Mercedes Martinez. Kind of resonates with her with her aura and her personality. I thought that street smarts and impro- improvisation is a really great way to uh, to highlight Mercedes' style. Nikki Cross would be busted open in this one. That really highlights the aggression coming out of Mercedes Martinez in this one as well. But a blood-enraged and an absolutely manic Nikki Cross. Manic is really the perfect word, as uh, Nigel McGuinness and Vic Joseph would attest to on NXT commentary, is the perfect way to describe the twisted one, Nikki Cross. Really good opening, back and forth, really strong women's matchup to have following this Evolution pay-per-view. We saw the spotlight get shown on Becky Lynch on SmackDown Live, addressing her future match with Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey. You got Armbar versus Armbar in that one. But Raw, I feel I feel kind of shortchanged the ladies after that Evolution pay-per-view. I'm sure everybody was tired of working their respective tag team and singles matches. But I just, I didn't see any real highlighting of women's stories going on this week. So a really great way to come back from all that is to have a strong showing out of two great talents in women's wrestling. And Nikki Cross and Mercedes Martinez really brought back all of that hype from this past weekend's right back to me. So I thought it was a really strong match to follow Evolution, really highlighting the diverse talents in this women's division. Great showing for Mercedes Martinez. She could be a big player if presumably she is signed full-time, but Nikki Cross, a simple strategy in this one, arrive, survive, just barely, and purge. Nikki Cross would win with that The Purge, Swinging neckbreaker, finally getting a name, United We Purge, but Nikki Cross would stand alone in this singles victory. Really acknowledging this quote-unquote play date to Mercedes Martinez, repeating how much fun it was, and while Mercedes might have appeared confused at the sentiments of that statement, uh, she seemed to she seemed to agree. It looked like a very I-would-do-this-again sort of attitude coming out of the Latin Spitfire Mercedes but 
the women's drama would pick up from here. Here comes Candace. Candace LeRae. Candace Gargano, as she seems to be highlighted in her character work as of late. You really... It's too much flip-flopping. Is Candace involved fully with the Shawnee Gargano story? Is she not? Is she separating her professional career from her husband's professional career? Or is it this absolutely stuck-at-the-hip sort of attachment when it comes to the storyline? I'm not entirely certain what Candice LeRae's role in NXT outside of being Johnny Gargano's wife is right now. She suffered that loss to Lacey Evans, and that kind of seems to wrap up that short little rivalry. I didn't really appreciate that. I kind of wanted to see the traditional aspect of Lacey Evans taking on this modern woman approach that Candice LeRae brings, and part of that modern woman appeal of Candice LeRae is to have her own career, to have her own professional ambitions without worrying what is going on with her husband. However, due to this abrupt and sharp personality change with Johnny Gargano and what Nikki Cross knew, Nikki Cross really struck a nerve with Candice LeRae knowing all that she knew during this Aleister Black investigation. Candace really took issue with Cross's knowledge of her husband, claiming that it's messing with people's lives, it's not a game, it's not this issue to laugh about, which Nikki Cross repeatedly does. Really just, Candace wants answers, not just from her husband, but from everybody involved who might have known that this dark side of Johnny was coming. Because presumably, Johnny was able to hide this from Candace very well. She sat with him. In William Regal's office. She sat there and listened to Johnny Gargano not outright deny, and I can't stress that enough. Johnny Gargano did not outright deny any of these accusations week after week after week, and especially during his interrogation with the special officer and William Regal. And by special officer, I'm guessing it was a WWE hired detective. Um, Don't really know how the police ranks work in the world of NXT. Anyway, Cross not just being confronted by Candace. Nikki Cross making her way out. Once again, seemingly amused by all this this stress that Candace seems to be expressing. But would once again be confronted by Black. Nikki Cross stared down and stared away. But Aleister Black was not necessarily there to see the catalyst of Cross. He was there to see Candace. And that that beginning silence between Lorray and Black, it did speak volumes. It did. Just the stare down, you could feel the emotional drama between these two. You know, both of them want answers in respects to Johnny Gargano, but Aleister Black would speak first. Candace assuring Black that Johnny is not in full sale this evening, but Aleister Black doubling down and saying that his future here in NXT is gone. Gone. Johnny's future may fade to black. Who knows what Johnny's intentions were. According to social media and Johnny Gargano's Twitter, we're going to be finding out all of this over the coming weeks, presumably and hopefully in this NXT podcast host's eyes. We are going to get to see this all fold out next week. And I want answers you ask who got next, you want those boys, you know they want answers. Anybody watching NXT television right now, we want to know how deep this symbiote inside Johnny Gargano 
really spread throughout his body. I kind of just watched a little bit of Venom, so I'm on a I'm on a very much Marvel hype train right now. And uh, don't get into specifics with the Sony versus Marvel contract disputes and uh, and all that stuff. Anyway, Johnny Gargano taken over by some dark force. I don't know what it possibly could be. What snapped in Johnny's judgment to take down Aleister Black? Could it have been strictly for that one-on-one opportunity with Tommaso Ciampa? Has Johnny Gargano absolutely snapped and wants to eliminate each and every person that may stand between him and that NXT championship, even if it's a man he mutually respects? We don't need to be reminded of this, but I'm going to remind you guys anyway. Johnny Gargano is the number one reason why Tommaso Ciampa is Ciampa in the first place. Gargano trying his best to stop Tommaso and cost Aleister Black in the process. So you screw the man out of his title, and then you attack him in the parking lot. I want to know what this Johnny Gargano vendetta against Aleister Black is all about, and I'm sure there's a bundle of you out there that are agreeing with me. Let's move on. Before I get into some TakeOver War Games announcements involving Johnny Gargano, I want to jump into the new Evolve Tag Team Champions, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, your boys in the Street Profits. Street Profits arrived and took over NXT style at Evolve Wrestling and walked out with some gold on their shoulders. Dawkins and Ford, the Evolve Tag Team Champs, and a big opportunity, not just for them, but for the next level, I'm talking about Fabian Eichner, a man who has a win over the aforementioned Johnny Gargano, had the biggest win, according to my knowledge, in his professional wrestling career, and walked out with the Evolve World Heavyweight Championship. So big congratulations to the Street Profits and Fabian Eichner. The NXT TakeOver is professional wrestling wide, and I, for one, am ready to see all of it. Let's jump into Street Profits' current rivalry here in NXT, though, with the formerly known as TM61, the mighty Shane Thorne and Nick Miller. Miller and Thorne stealing the swag cup and the chains from the Street Profits and really taking issue with this because those items represent the struggle. They represent the culture. They represent everything Ford and Dawkins stepped into the professional wrestling world to do. And if you could take such simple items and give them that much of a significance, it really drives home the story for guys who are not paying attention for guys who are paying attention to things outside of just the tag team championship chase. So Mighty and Profits have a small, simple, yet complex at the same time reason for them to rival each other. Two teams, a great rivalry, and a high-flying start for the Street Profits. You know, every time Montez Ford steps between the ropes, we are due for some high-flying and fast-paced action. However, a table-turning spinebuster by Nick Miller really emphasizing the strength side of the mighty. Thorne is known as the speed attack, and Nick Miller certainly the strength behind all of this. We've seen these two guys lock up with the Authors of Pain before. No strangers to taking on larger opponents and Nick Miller able to throw his strength around. Really, really topping off that that tough offense by the mighty in this one, but an unbelievable hot tag for Dawkins. Dawkins, the power of the Street Profits in his own right. The back and forth fast-paced action 
This match was flying high. It had me flying high as a big fan of NXT action. But, and I emphasize this but, nothing flies higher or moves faster than a fired up Montez Ford. All over the match, a huge springboard frog splash would seal the victory for the Street Profits and the boys would get their possessions back. So the Street Profits are rolling right now. Successful victory over their rivals in NXT, walking away finally with some championship golds in the world of professional wrestling for Ford and Dawkins in the form of those Evolve Tag Team Championships. So big congratulations to Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins on their recent success here, not just in NXT, but in professional wrestling as a whole. All right, here, shifting gears, let's talk about some things announced outside of the ring with a couple of NXT TakeOver War Games updates. Tommaso Ciampa and the Velveteen Dream for the NXT Championship has been finalized and will take place in two weeks at NXT TakeOver War Games 2. In case I didn't mention at the beginning of the show, it is Saturday, November 3rd, and uh, we are two weeks out from TakeOver War Games. I cannot wait for this outstanding pay-per-view. War Games for me last year was a big, big deal. I was fortunate enough to to do the special from Threshold Studios right outside of Times Square in New York City, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to top that, but I'll have a damn good predictions show going into it. I will be once again joining Mr. Warren Hayes on video as well as audio to give you guys some NXT TakeOver War Games 2 predictions. So November is going to be a very fun time for the Undisputed Future podcast like it was last year. And I cannot wait to talk about a match just as big as Velveteen Dream and Tommaso Ciampa, as well as Aleister Black taking on Johnny Gargano to be finalized. William Regal apparently has heard enough and seen enough and decided the only way to settle this is a one-on-one contest between Gargano and Black And of course, the War Games match being announced, but I really want to announce that and talk about it while I cover the last segment of this evening. We have a major debut in the form of Matt Riddle, but we also want to discuss how Lars Sullivan taking quite the bit of exception to the NXT title match announced. Lars claiming that the title match is his, and as a very due consequence in his eyes, wants to rip apart the Velveteen Dream, and he will have his chance to do so next week. And next week, the the lady of NXT also in action in the form of Lacey Evans. Don't know who Lacey Evans is facing. All I know is I'm very, very happy for these promo videos she appears to be getting. Lacey Evans, my most improved superstar, any gender from 2017 to 2018. I thought 2018 was an exceptional year for her in the NXT ring. Rivalry with Kyrie Sane, win over Candice LeRae, the Lacey Evans success train just keeps on moving forward. So two big matches announced for next week, but a major debut this week, bros. Matt Riddle making his NXT television debut against the former rugby star Luke Menzies. Luke Menzies, a very powerful, very strong, strong man in a power game versus submissions match. Matt Riddle is nothing to look nothing to look down on as far as size and stature goes either. The man competed in the welterweight division of the UFC, very well submission trained, very crafty in his martial arts, 
I was already a fan going into this, but I'm really hoping that the NXT debut grows his fan base even more so than it already is going into this. According to Cassius Ono, he is the shiny new toy of NXT. He does deserve the spotlight. A little bit of build, probably a couple wins before he faces off with Cassius again. I hope he gets to take on the human form of Cassius Ono rather than that giant Tyrannosaurus Rex I saw in the NXT Battle Royal. At a great show, just just check check that out. I'm not going to go out of my way to uh, to spoil too much of that for you. Very athletic, very charismatic. Really, really has the it factor. Does Matt Riddle seems to be another man fortunate enough to make the transition from mixed martial arts to the squared circle, and I'm I'm all for it. You want to take a martial arts background and incorporate it in sports entertainment? It's only more relatable for me. It's more interesting to see the fans with a diverse craftiness and clash and hybrid styles and SoCal bred personality that Matt Riddle has. Really, really nice stuff. And there was an armbar transition in this match that I I couldn't believe. I don't know how to sit here and commentate it without watching it go down in front of me, but I really, really seamless, seamless transition into an armbar. And that wasn't even the most impressive submission of this matchup. Kind of a single wing modified rings of Saturn shoulder breaker arm bar. Whatever the move was, it caused a submission and it brought a successful debut for Matt Riddle. Not going to totally rule out Luke Menzies from being a big time player here in NXT. He's kind of filling that UK jobber role at one point that Danny Burch held. And Danny Birch te- founding himself tag team success with the Boston Bruiser in Oni Lorcan. So anything is possible for these guys. We see taking loss after loss after loss on NXT television. And I thought it was a successful debut for Riddle. And I thought it was a pretty good showing for the former rugby star in Luke Menzies as well. As far as Matt Riddle goes, we all know Cassius is looking for him. But I do see big things coming for the bro before TakeOver War Games. And I'm really, really hoping we get to see that Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle match at TakeOver War Games 2. Jumping back to women's championship uh, dealings, let's let's call them. Uh, Shayna Baszler getting a post-match interview after WWE Evolution. Shayna once again reiterating the point that she was not beaten last time. She lost. She flat out lost. She admits it. She slipped up. She underestimated Kyrie Sane, let one get past her, and walking away with that two-time NXT Women's Championship shows that she is able to beat Kyrie again. But the thing about the Pirate Princess is she will not let herself remain beaten. A Kyrie determines Kyrie Sane, obviously not letting this go, storming Shayna Baszler during that interview, limping over and all, coughing up her lungs, still clearly worn from that Kirifuda clutch submission. Kyrie wants her treasure back. The rematch is going down, probably a takeover war games. We don't know what's going to happen past that. Does Kyrie Sane walk away the victor and we have another two-time NXT Women's Champion? Does Shayna Baszler remain at the top for another extended period of time? Both of these ladies 
A lot of, a lot of mystery surrounding their NXT careers at the moment. So I'm personally looking forward to the rematch, especially seeing this angry and determined side of Kyrie Sane able to step up to the aggressive Shayna Baszler. So women's action did not just stop at Evolution. The train keeps on rolling through in NXT. Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler still unfinished business. It, it really is a great time to be a fan of women's wrestling right now. There's the rivalries that are building, the rivalries that are expanding, the brand new ones that are coming up. It's it's really a good time. We're seeing all sorts of these imported styles because of the Mae Young Classic 2. Lots of new competitors showing their face. The NXT UK Women's Division in its infancy still. Not even shown on television quite yet is that NXT UK Women's Championship. So lots to still look forward to and lots still building in the shadows. And I cannot wait to see what comes up next. Let's jump into some tag team action, though. I mentioned Danny Burch before. We get to talk about Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. One-two punch with another television matchup. Taking on this time the formerly known Ultimo Ninja, Humberto Carrillo, and Raul Mendoza. I mentioned Luke Menzies as a guy taking a couple of series of losses on NXT television right now in singles division. Raul Mendoza seemingly filling that role week after week in his own right. But Mendoza ends Carrillo two impressive young luchadors and this team is definitely one to watch. Really nice clash of styles in this one with the real technical and submissive and striking style of the one-two punch taking on this high-flying and very high-octane offense of Carrillo and Mendoza. But One-Two Punch is a veteran and a strong-handed team that is all about physicality and the speedier team able to collide and you take these two elements and we had an absolutely explosive tag team contest this episode of NXT. Back and forth, both of these teams showing... I don't want to call them growing pains, but something about getting to step into that spotlight and getting time and really able to show off their stuff. It was really a sight to behold, and I could not be happier. I love when two match, love, love when two teams bring such contrasting styles. Real big emphasis on tag team wrestling this evening, and I haven't even gotten to talk about the top team in the tag team champions and the undisputed era. But 1-2 Punch continues their success since returning to NXT television, able to land that elevated DDT for the victory, and 1-2 gets the 1-2 and 3. And from tag team action to the tag team champions, Undisputed Era delivering a promo the only way they know how, on their own personal agenda, in their own space, giving that little bit of NWO vibe that I like to bring up and, uh, they're ready to fight the Raiders. Undisputed Era is at 100% again, guys. Bobby Fish, able in competition form, presumably teaming with Adam Cole in the tag team matchup against the War Raiders this very episode of NXT television. They were born ready. They're all set to fight the Raiders. And you're all set until you get pillaged. That's right. The War Raiders absolutely taking over this promo segment of the Undisputed Era and would lay the SmackDown and the domination on the Dude Crew. A Kevin Nash and Rey Mysterio flashback happened in my head this segment, guys. Adam Cole thrown 
by Hanson directly into a production truck, giving me 1990s vibes all over again. Great spot. Really a lot of backstage full sale university parking lot sort of sort of carnage going on. Really all in the War Raiders wheelhouse until the Undisputed Era would break out the weapons once again. Nothing in NXT right now is more lethal than Bobby Fish with a steel chair. And you can definitely quote me on that one. Undisputed Era bringing out the equalizers. And yes, they're still, I guess, considered equalizers, even if you do have the numbers advantage and you're getting your ass kicked. Anyway, Undisputed Era seemingly having the upper hand over the War Raiders until certain somebody flying in like Spider-Man, the North American champion, the one and only Ricochet. Ricochet flying out of the shadows onto the Undisputed Era. It really did look like Spider-Man saving an old woman from a mugging. I thought it was really, really well shot, well done, and uh, any involvement of Ricochet still proving that his business with Adam Cole and the Undisputed Era, it all remains unfinished. And a rampaging row and a havoc causing Hansen would bring the Undisputed Era back into the ring area. These guys were fighting all over Full Sail University. And once again, I am insanely jealous of the crowd, able to witness all of this go down in person. Ricochet still dealing personally with Adam Cole, obviously unforgetting of the things that were said about Ricochet and his North American Championship reign. But another man taking issue with not just the Undisputed Era, but also having his own issues with Ricochet as well. The most interesting character in all of this, I feel, is the Bruiserweight, Pete Dunne. And I actually didn't know this until watching this week, but the only thing scarier and more nerve-inducing than the snarl on Pete Dunne's face is Pete Dunne with a steel chair. Absolute havoc between these eight individuals, War Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne really all taking issue with each and every member of the Undisputed Era. And of course, William Regal would put a stop to all of this. It's not going down this way in Full Sail University, guys. Oh no. William Regal declares War Games. A little bit of a twist as opposed to last year's War Games. We won't have three teams of three. We'll have two teams of four. Ricochet. Pete Dunne, Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, will take on Bobby Fish, Adam Cole, and the tag team champions Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong inside of the War Games structure. All four of the Undisputed Era have War Games experience. That's a huge factor in this matchup. You really can't foresee what's going to happen inside such a dangerous structure But Roderick Strong, before he was a member and fully indoctrinated into the Undisputed Era's way of thinking and acting, he was teaming with Akam and Rezar in the Authors of Pain to take on his three current Dude Crew brethren. Pete Dunne seems like a man who could adapt to such a havoc and chaotic environment. Ricochet? Let's just say it. I cannot wait to see Ricochet jump off the top of the structure. The, the, I know that's that run is right out there in front of us, but I'm going to make it obvious anyway. I cannot wait to see what innovative and high-ranging spots 
Ricochet is able to pull off. And of course, the size and strength and aggression of the War Raiders. You lock these guys inside of a steel cage. Trust me, they are not locked in there with you. You are locked inside of War Games with them. Mass carnage to close out this episode of NXT, but very, very rewarding in all of its process. I finally feel like we are on the road to NXT TakeOver War Games 2. We had a couple of championship matches in between, championship implications, lots of things building, lots of excitement really to look forward to in the world of NXT. NXT UK coverage this week, I'm going to apologize and be very candid with you here, Team NXT. I have been bedridden with a with some sort of cold. I'm sure it's projecting in my voice right now, as a matter of fact, but thank you so much for listening to me anyway. I could not put off getting my NXT thoughts out there to you one more day, so I apologize for any sort of sound that this might not have the same appeal like my past or any of my other episodes, but I'm really hoping you guys enjoyed the content of what was said to its absolute fullest. We are on the road to NXT TakeOver War Games, and I will be with you each and every step of the way, and you can follow all of this on the social media. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. It's also the handle I'm going by in the Wrestling Podcast Awards. The first annual Wrestling Podcast Awards voting has been extended to November 13th. Coincidentally, the same day I'm taking up a new job in Midtown Manhattan. So November 13th could possibly be a very big day in the career of CD Danny Mac. So if you haven't voted for me as best solo podcast yet, go out there and do it. What are you waiting for? No, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, actually, I'm, I'm not kidding, but I do appreciate the votes, but I'm not going to sit here and pressure you. There's a lot of creative and unbelievable content providers in there. So please just participate. Vote with your gut and vote with your heart. But personally, I would really appreciate Team NXT to rally behind me and vote for me as best solo podcast. And if you want to throw a vote for me out there for best podcast of the year, that would be even more so appreciated. So thank you for all of you who have voted for me already. Thank you if you plan for a vote for me. And just thank you for participating in this event and a huge special thank you to the Wrestle Hub for organizing and putting all of this together. Be sure to follow the other forms of social media. Look for me on the Facebook and follow at Undisputed Future Podcast. All one word is the Instagram. I'll be posting pictures of the War Games matchups as they are announced. Cannot believe the three we already have announced. The War Games structure matchup, a huge eight-man tag between the Undisputed Era, War War Raiders, almost said War Machine, and Ricochet, North American Champion, and Pete Dunne, the WWE United Kingdom Champion, as well as Velveteen Dream versus Tommaso Ciampa. Will the NXT Universe be saying his name, or will another moment belong to the champion? Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black. We don't have closure in the actions of Johnny Gargano quite yet, but Johnny might have to get his his jaw wired shut by the end of this match. Aleister Black, aggravated, is not even the word. Appreciated is the word to describe me. Thank you so much for listening to the Undisputed Future Podcast, Episode 73. I hope you all have an incredible weekend. Enjoy 
everything you are doing. I would not be doing this without you guys. Thank you so much for turning a hobby into a passion. Please, I'm going to try and stop pandering, but I appreciate your votes. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next time. 